20, 28. I'd like for somebody to get for me 1 Peter 1, 19. Uh, we want to read that, and then uh, I'd like for someone to get for me Acts 20, 28. Somebody get for me Acts, uh, 1 Peter 1, 19. Would you get that, uh, Bill Lamb? Paul, do you want to get for me Acts 20, 28? Uh, so we've been doing a study for the last several weeks on the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and we want to continue that this morning. It's very uh, enlightening study is very, very valuable to you in your Christian life. And so uh, we've been uh, doing this for a number of weeks. I think we've done two. And I wonder, uh, by way of refreshing and uh, waking us up this morning, if somebody could tell us what's meant by atonement. Atonement by the precious blood. Somebody like to do that? Philip? Why would we need to be one with God? We're separated. Why are we separated? Because of sin. Very good. There's a gulf fixed, and that, uh, and that uh, need of making uh, at-one-ment uh, or reconciliation is through the precious blood of Jesus. Can somebody uh, tell me uh, what is meant by we have peace through the blood? Colossians 1.20. Casey? An unsaved man or woman is an enemy of God. Okay, there's a war between unsaved man and God. We're at enmity, the Bible says. Our very nature is opposed to everything that God is, and uh, the precious blood makes peace. Uh, okay, so somebody tell us what makes the, uh, the blood of Jesus precious. Through your curve. Carol? It's unique one of the time. Okay, it's unique. Okay. is unique there is no other uh, so why uh, isn't the blood of uh, Elvis Presley just as good as uh, Christ it's because uh, no man had the ability to do what Jesus Christ did because Jesus Christ uh, is the unique son of God the only begotten of God he represents both God and man he was both God and man and uh, and so uh, his blood is the only uh, element that can make atonement for sin or make peace or reconciliation. It is unique. That's why it's precious. Anything that's precious is something that's unique. And so what about the, the cutting of the covenant? What's all, the, all that about anyway? Nobody listened last week. Okay. Philip? Okay, that's true, and uh, we found out that that's uh, that's uh, it's history. Uh, Casey, you want to add anything? Okay, there's a binding together, uh, Sandy. Yeah, blood brothers. It's a covenant. Uh, Carol? Also, it was an exchange. All the families Covenant made exchange of both parties. Uh, Dennis? Friends with God. Okay, I was looking for that because friends are more than going over to have a cup of coffee 
or see if you can drop in when they're, they're having chow. Uh, friends mean something. It means a, a profound relationship where there's a joint sharing together. Victor, did you want to add anything? Okay, there's uh, access to uh, what God uh, furnishes and has, and that uh, God has a claim to everything we are or will be. And so I saw another hands. Paul? Yeah, it's more than a deep friendship. It's a bonding uh, relationship that involves life, possessions, uh, time, uh, uh, being, it's everything. Okay. And, uh, and, and undoubtedly that, that was the essence of David and Jonathan's, uh, friendship. Want to add anything, Paul? Great. So that is inherited by, not only by that present generation, but that covenant goes on and is inherited by the descendants. And so we find that uh, cutting of the covenant is one of the oldest uh, practices, practiced in all cultures in one form or another. Okay, so First Peter 1.19, we want to uh, trigger, uh, this is what we're using for our basis. And so uh, a thing... Or an element is deemed precious by virtue of its scarcity, or its rarity, and its uniqueness. First Peter 1.18, uh, the verse just before that said, We're not redeemed by precious things such as silver or gold, uh, uh, perishable things rather, silver or gold, but the precious blood of Christ. And so gold, by virtue of its rarity, is precious. They, uh, they uh, turn over hundreds of tons of rock to obtain an ounce of gold. And so here in this, uh, in this study, we're doing the uniqueness of the blood of Jesus Christ, and there's no other uh, blood that can compare. This is the sinless Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. First Peter 1.19. but with the precious blood of Christ. So this morning we want to take up the thought uh, uh, that we are purchased as believers by Christ's blood. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Okay, here we have this unique terminology, purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. This has great meaning, and so we want to work through that. I want uh, Genesis chapter 23, verse 16 through 20. Somebody in this section here. Uh, Mike Ramirez, I want Second Samuel 24, 24, and 25. Casey. So uh, what we're dealing with and, uh, and what uh, this revelation follows through is the claims of proprietorship. The claims of ownership, the claims of proprietorship, and this is one of the oldest and one of the most basic premises of society. What we're talking about is one who has legal claim to or exclusive title to something. So we've just uh, read a scripture. That scripture says we have been purchased by uh, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We who are the church, we who have believed in Jesus Christ and have been born into the family of God are called the church. And so... Uh, there is a, a special relationship that God has to us, and that is the claims of proprietorship uh, because he's uh, purchased us by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So we want to look back just a little bit in Bible history because the Bible gives us the, the right uh, 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 slant on every terminology, on every thought that we have. Uh, you might look in the secular world, there might be uh, some similarities, but it will not be clear unless you base it upon the Bible practices of what this means. What does it mean to be purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ? So we want two scriptures, Genesis 23, 16 through 20. Did I give that to anybody? Oh, Mike, okay. 
Okay, here we have the transaction. You read in the news about Hebron. This is in the West Bank. Palestinians are in major upheaval. And this gives reaches back into history. And at that very spot, uh, Abraham entered into a contract with uh, 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 Ephron. Uh, and as he uh, entered into a contract with him, he purchased uh, the cave of Machpelah so that he could bury Sarah, his wife. And on that spot today, there is a Muslim mosque and uh, that is recognized that very spot uh, because Abraham had title deed to it. Second Samuel 24, 24 through 25. This is what it means to purchase. It means there's a title deed established. That title deed is a perpetual instrument and in claim to ownership. And this moves especially into spiritual uh, uh, revelation. Second Samuel 24, 24 and 25. Okay, this was on what today's the Temple Mount. This is the threshing floor of Arana. David purchased the instruments, that which is to, to uh, transpire there, and uh, title deed was established. Now, in Bible days, and we're going to pass over very quickly, uh, these were nomadic peoples, and added to this was wells were dug in many places. Wherever a well was dug, uh, they had inherent title to that. Uh, and this was tenement to title deed or proprietorship in those places. We're not going to take the time to read those scriptures, but you can read in Genesis, the digging of the wells. This is what that was all about. This is why they fought over them. And this is why when a people were subjugated, they often plugged those wells to uh, stop that uh, title deed or that practice. So uh, uh, we're moving through the purchase of a people. I want in this section, Deuteronomy 32, verse 9, somebody like to get that for me, is uh, Roger Holloman. I want Exodus 5, verse 1. Uh, is it Mick? I'd like to have that. And uh, uh, then I want Exodus uh, 24, 6 and 7. Uh, Pete Baker, uh, Don Galati, would you get for me Exodus 19, verse 5? Uh, I want uh, Malachi 3, 16 and 17. Uh, uh, Jimmy, I want uh, uh, Psalms 135, verse 4. Somebody over in this section over here. Psalms 30, 135, verse 4. Uh, Hugh, and then I want uh, Deuteronomy 14, 2. Somebody else over there? Deuteronomy 14, verse 2. Is it David Burke? And then I want Deuteronomy 26.18, uh, Richard Hernandez. Okay, so early on in the scripture, we see a terminology that's used, and that terminology is my people, my people. This is very peculiar. He doesn't say that uh, about uh, anybody but a certain class of people, and he calls these people my people. Deuteronomy 32, verse 9. For the Lord's portion is his people. This is a very uh, tremendous scripture. We're not going to exp uh, expound all of that. Uh, but uh, uh, God says, this is my portion. This is my people. Exodus chapter 5, verse 1. Okay, God claims these people as his, as his own. And to understand that, you have to understand that this is in relationship to these people as the descendants of Abraham who have cut a covenant with God, uh, Exodus, uh, uh, or Genesis rather, chapter uh, 15. They, Abraham cut a covenant. All of his descendants now have that covenant, and by virtue of that, uh, they are the people of God. In Exodus uh, chapter uh, 2, in the last verse of the chapter, it says God remembered his covenant with Abraham. These people were down in Egypt. And this is why he's addressing these people as his people. Exodus 24, 6 and 7.
Okay, they've moved them now out of Egypt. They're in the, in, in the wilderness. Uh, uh, God is uh, now beginning to reveal himself to them. He, he writes down some things that need to be done, the Ten Commandments. Moses reads these. Moses uh, 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 makes a sacrifice, sprinkles half the blood around, around the altar, etc. And so he reads this to the people, and the people say, All that the Lord says to us, we're going to do. In other words, we accept the terms of the covenant. Moses ratified that then by blood. Now these people are making this Abrahamic covenant their own covenant. And you know that when they passed over the, uh, the, the River Jordan, uh, the seal of circumcision was given that made this personally and up to date. Exodus 19, verse 5. We see some terminology now uh, begins to be used about this people. My people. Exodus 19, verse 5. Now therefore... Okay, Exodus 19, God is speaking, says you'll be a special treasure, and if you'll look at the King James that uses this terminology, you'll be a peculiar people unto me. You're going to see that term repeated a number of times in Scripture. It has special meaning. Malachi chapter 3, 16 and 17. They shall be mine, says the Lord. I'm going to spare them. They're going to have a special relationship to me. Psalms 30, 135, verse 4. Psalms 135, verse 4. Okay, well, that wasn't the one I was looking for, but we'll pass over that anyway. I what, what version are you reading from? What, what version of the Bible? The, the what? New King James. Somebody read it from the King James. Say the same thing. For his special treasure, okay? And uh, it's a peculiar people again. Deuteronomy 14, verse 2. A peculiar people, a special treasure. These words are used over and over again in Deuteronomy 26, 18. Okay, now, this is the dominant theme of the New Testament as it has to do with the church of Jesus Christ, and it has great uh, meaning for us this morning. I want several scriptures. I want Acts 20, 28 again. Over, somebody over on this side like to help us this morning. Uh, Sean, Acts 20, 28. Denny, will you get for me Ephesians 5, 25? I want 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Uh, Louis, I want Ephesians 5, 2. Ephesians 5.2. Somebody over in this section. Is it uh, uh, Mac? I want Romans 3.24. Uh, Victor and Second Peter 2.1. Woody. Okay. So now we're moving in to you and I as believers in Jesus Christ. And we find that this same line is carried now into the church of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says... Uh, that the church's Christ is Christ. It belongs to him by virtue of purchase. Acts 20, 28. He purchased the church with his own blood. So we're, we're, we're dealing with uh, ownership. Uh, this has meaning. We're going to move into that in a moment. This means ownership. This means proprietorship. It has uh, uh, carrying through uh, the church of Jesus Christ now as the people of God. Ephesians 5, 25. Uh, the Apostle Paul speaking of marriage, but he uh, uses this terminology 
that Christ gave himself for the church. This carries that line of thinking out uh, some more. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Here Peter writes this profound statement, Uh, you're a royal nation, a holy uh, priesthood, Uh, you are a peculiar or a special treasure unto God. You were not a people, but now you're a people. And so he writes this uh, in in the margin, you find that it's uh, in in the New King James, you find, or or Schofield's peculiar, or his own special, or you find in the margin, his purchased people. So we find that terminology again. Ephesians 5, verse 2. Here we find again this terminology brought down that we are bought, we have been paid for, we're purchased, and that price is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 3, 24. Okay, that redemption, we, we'll use that scripture in other places, but this is the same thing. It's to purchase by paying a price. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Denying the Lord who bought them. So now we have believers. There's a new orientation. There's a new proprietorship. And this has great ramifications in life. I want, uh, in this section, 1 Corinthians 6.20. Gene, would like to get that for me. I want uh, 1 Corinthians 7.23, Pete. And I want 2 Peter 2.20. Who is it? Bob, if you'll get that for me. So now, believers have a new orientation. They no longer are uh, under the... uh, Rule. They no longer are under the proprietorship. They no longer are under the one whom they've sold themselves by sin to. But now they have a new ownership, a new proprietorship, uh, and this changes everything. First Corinthians six twenty. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, this is a whole mouthful there. What's the, what's the great phraseology of uh, our generation? What is it? Women's livers. Let's do it. Well, they're doing it, but I, this, uh, uh, what is it? What's the theme of the uh, pro-abortionists? Everybody knew that. It's my body. I'll do what I want to with it. Well, it's not your body. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it is not your body. And this changes everything. It changes all the dynamics of life. It says you, you're not your own. You do not have the right. Say, well, I'll do whatever I want to do. Well, you can do that, but don't claim to be a Christian if you're going to do that. Because the moment you recognize... What the, the Scripture says, the moment you recognize, this changes all the dynamics of life. And uh, this is why uh, James says, go to uh, you that say, I'll go into such and such and sit and buy and sell and get gain. He says, you don't know uh, what tomorrow holds. You're not your own. That's a wrong attitude. You need to say, if the Lord will, I'll do this or I'll do that. Now, that's hard for Americans to grasp. We don't like that because we are, after all, uh, a, a, a free people, a democratic uh, society, and we like John Wayne religion. Strap on our 30-30, amen, put on our sick tutor, and bless God we can just go and fix and do, and, and we don't need anybody to tell us what to do. But you see, that's not Christianity. Christianity changes all the dynamics, for you're not your own. Say, well, I'll do what I want to do. Well... Uh, you may do what you want to do, but you better make sure that God wants you to do that. 
getting really nervous in here. First Corinthians seven twenty three. You've actually been bought and paid for. Somebody read it to me uh, out of the uh, King James. You are bought at a price. Do not become slaves uh, of men. Second uh, Peter 2.20. That's Second Peter 2.20. I thought I checked all these scriptures this morning. Read it for me again. Maybe I'm looking for something I didn't see. Oh, I think what I was looking for is that there's a, it, they've escaped. This is uh, the freedom and the changes of relationship, they have a responsibility to not fall back into that. All right, let's, let's open right now before we move on, because I have some more uh, uh, to uh, move through that. But uh, I wonder if I've triggered anything this morning. Remember that we're purchased by precious blood. Uh, all of these lines of revelation will flow together uh, in the ending, but these are all facets. Uh, that means that... Uh, this has to do with proprietorship, this has to do with ownership, this changes every dynamic of life. Do we have any question or do we have any comment uh, that uh, you can help us with this morning? Uh, Carol? Okay, so you say it helps you to obey God. What, what does that mean? What does that have to do with? And what, what, what areas of your life? See, we use these cliches. We just spout this out. Oh, don't obey God. How did you obey God? Well, don't you hate this class? You have to think. companions corrupt good uh, good manners or good morals the bible says and so what she's saying is that uh, many times people even christians they react or they conduct their lives or they make decisions based on peer pressure or what their friends are going to do or what their friends are saying but you see uh, the difficulty is that if you take seriously what we're studying this morning this means that there are claims upon you and you no longer can live that way it's what the will of God is, determines what direction you're going to do uh, as far as the choice of, uh, of uh, that. All right, Paul, did you have a, a question or thought? Okay, the word redemption means to purchase out of the slave market. We're going to we'll deal a little bit more with that in another uh, in another thought, uh, but that's exactly it. And so we're sold under sin. Uh, it gives us the picture of mankind who has sold himself. Isaiah says, "For nothing, he's a slave of sin. He's a slave of the devil." Uh, but Christ, uh, through precious blood, has purchased us. Uh, uh, out of the slave market, and so uh, by virtue of that, then he has title deed and proprietary rights. Is that what you're saying, Paul? And uh, and so this is a beautiful thought. 
because uh, that runs uh, throughout the scripture. Someone else? Uh, Carol? Okay, so uh, you did that because uh, you wanted to be an example for a new convert. New converts have problems with wine. Okay, and so uh, for the sake of the new convert, you realize you're not your own, your life, you want to live as an example for that. Is it to Mick? What's finances have to do with anything? You're not going to bring money into the church, are you? Okay. Uh, Jeff Brown? Yeah, there's, uh, I've tried to not go into some of the technical detail, but blood is, is a mysterious and glorious and a wonderful thing. It's a life. The life is in the blood. Uh, and there's a whole line of that. Uh, Chemistry in the Blood by Dehan is an excellent book if you ever want to read something and contemplate some deeper uh, thoughts on that. But that's exactly true uh, and, is a, and is a precious thought. I had another hand right here somewhere. Where was it? Uh, was it Alan? Yeah. We, in, in, in this study, we want to talk about some of the blessings. We get tremendous blessings out of that, which is provision, protection. Uh, but uh, there are requirements in a covenant. Isn't that correct? That's right. You have access to God. He has access to you. Good. Uh, is it share? Somebody was in charge. Isn't that wonderful? He that comes to God must believe that he is God and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's a wonderful thing to know that regardless of what you're going through right now, God's in charge. It's a great comfort. You belong to him. And, and this peculiar treasure, Malachi 3, 16 and 17, says they're mine. Uh, these are my peculiar treasure. I have, his eyes are upon that. His, uh, 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 he that keeps Israel uh, 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 neither slumbers nor sleeps. And he will keep him as the apple of his eye, the pupil of his eye. These are precious thoughts. And so that's a, a wonderful side benefit of that. Is it dinner? Yeah. Title deed. 
He had an open mind. That's an excellent illustration. I thought another hand back. Is it uh, Sean? Change totally your morals, change what you do with your time, change what you do with your money, change where you go to church, change where, uh, uh, where you live, it'll change your, uh, your career decisions, it'll change your uh, sex life, it'll change uh, what you eat, it'll change, uh, it changes everything. Uh, Eleanor. sister says you can trust God the benefits are uh, beyond description all right anybody else have any uh, the woman Every event of life is submitted and surrendered to God, uh, and uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, uh, Jeff? Yes. A, a, a person who commits suicide is a selfish person. And this is the ultimate act of selfishness. It, it, it's, a, it's a display, look what you made me do. It's intended to hurt and intended to cause pain. That's what suicide's all about. And so uh, we don't have that right. Our, our, uh, over and over again, the scripture says your body is bought with a price. Belongs to him. What you do with it is God's business. Uh, Anna? It's glorious liberty because sin enslaves. Sin takes from you what you ought to be. And so uh, but it, it, I just feel uh, maybe to make a statement on what Jeff said is, uh, is the, the, uh, the issue, uh, should Jesus tarry in the next few years, is going to be Dr. Death, uh, the Kaborkian uh, syndrome. Because uh, uh, we're being brainwashed, we're being uh, bombarded all the time. The news media is that uh, we need to get poor, suffering people out of their misery and send them on into eternity. And this is this is the drum beat is coming, and so uh, it will uh, it will make its inroads to the church, where the church can have to make a decision: uh, is this true? Because there are often uh, there are often uh, 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 circumstances where we have uh, loved ones or elderly folk. And so it's much easier to uh, take the Hitler approach and uh, if they become a burden, get rid of them. 
And so uh, then the logical step moves on from that, like what's happening in Holland today. Uh, not only if they become a burden, but if they're not dying soon enough, why uh, get rid of them so you can get the goodies? And so that's happening in Holland right now today because they've embraced euthanasia and it will in every land. And so uh, this will move into the church where you're going to have to make a decision. What is it that you're going to do about this business? And it'll have to ultimately be answered by Scripture, which is your life is not your own. And so, I, on the one hand, I do not believe in prolonging life with false, uh, uh, false uh, 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 resuscitations and, and endless putting people on machines with jillions of dollars of cost. On the other hand, uh, the, 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 God has a, a lifespan and God has a will. And, uh, and we need to uh, let God have his way in the circumstance of life. But we're going to answer that question uh, in this generation of Jesus Terry's. This is the move of the hour. It's hitting already. It's coming society. And there are many people who are stupid who are rationalizing this just like they rationalize abortion. Paul? Yep. Lawyers make their living get around law, getting around laws, right? You pay big, lawyers big money to get around laws. Okay, before we get stifled here, uh, we want to go on. So here's the, the consequences and the obligation uh, that we have here. It has to do with lifestyle and conduct as we move through this. I want in this section, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and 20, someone to read that for us. Right through here, quickly. Uh, J, uh, Jason, is it? Joshua. Can't ever get Joshua and Jason straightened out. We're getting too many Joshua's and Jason saved. I can't keep them straight. First <laughs> Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Second Timothy 2, 19. Uh, Woody, I want uh, Romans 14, 7 and 8. Somebody else. Uh, uh, who's your name? Tom, would you get this for me? <laughs> Tony. Okay. Romans 14, 7 and 8. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. Somebody like to get that for me right here. Nobody else wants to be embarrassed. Oh, yeah. uh, you bet, if you'd like to get that for us. So this has to do with our lifestyle and our conduct. Let's reiterate this, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, if you'd like to read that for us. For do you not know, is that all of it? No, read the rest of it. Okay, here Paul's moving. It says, your body, you, as believers, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. What a glorious and wonderful blessing that is. No longer filled with devils uncleanness, unrighteousness, disobedience. Now, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he says you are bought with a price. So therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. 2 Timothy 2.19. Okay, remember we talked about proprietorship and ownership? And 2 Timothy 2.19 says, The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal or this inscription. This inscription says, The Lord knows them that are His. And on the other side, uh, let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from 
iniquity. So this brings obligations, has to do with lifestyle, and it's a twofold pillar uh, that supports the work of God. Romans 14, 7 and 8. None of us lives to himself. None of us dies to himself. Therefore, whether we uh, live or whether we die, let us do this to the Lord's because we are the Lord's. Here we have ownership. This has to do with the lifestyle, how we're going to live life. And it has obligations and it has consequences. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. Here again, we bring the purchase through. Uh, the love of Christ constrains us, for we thus judge that if one died uh, for all, then we're all dead, and we which live should no longer live unto ourselves, but unto him who died for us and rose again. So we see again that this proprietorship brings in a, 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 uh, uh, a obligation of uh, conduct and lifestyle, and we want to move uh, uh, to a couple, three more. Romans 9, 25, 26. Somebody would like to get it for Pete Baker. Exodus 32, 9 through 14. Exodus 32, uh, Nick, 9 through 14. Uh, I want Deuteronomy 32, 9 through 14. Somebody would like to get that? Somebody else. Uh, Don Galati, Psalm 17, uh, Psalm 17, 7 through 9. Somebody get that for us, please. Uh, Mick. And Carlene, would you get for me Isaiah forty three twenty one? And I want Zechariah two eight. Somebody would like to get Zechariah two eight. Uh, Roger Holloman. Okay, so the people of God uh, now uh, there's blessings. This isn't just uh, all duty, uh, but there are blessings, and these wonderful blessings are the providence of God, the provision of God and the protection of God. Romans 9, 25 and 26. Okay, Romans 9, 25 and 26. Make sure that we understand this is the church of Jesus Christ uh, that is being spoken of as the people of God. They were not a people, now they are a people. Exodus 32, 9 through 14. Here's an interesting argument. Moses uh, is uh, with the people of God. Uh, they're traveling in the wilderness. Uh, they begin to be uh, very uh, disobedient. He uh, becomes, uh, God becomes very upset with them. And uh, God says to Moses, let me alone. I'll wipe this people out. I'll make of you a great nation. Moses uses an interesting argument. And he says, if you do this, then all those nations that saw you bring these people out, they're going to say, ah, oh, this is what it means to be the people of God, eh? So he brought them out so he could kill them. It's a very interesting argument, and he, and he uses that, and the Bible says that God then changed his mind and said, uh, I'm not going to do this, uh, and this is an interesting argument, because uh, ownership uh, is for uh, blessing. It means that it's something precious. It means protection, it means provision, and especially is among the people of God. 
It brings some distinctive actions. Deuteronomy uh, 13, 9 through 14. I, I gave that just now. No, no, Deuteronomy 32, 9 Okay, here's uh, Deuteronomy 32 uh, describing God's care for his people. And uh, this provides special provision, special care. Uh, there's no people that have ever been dealt with like the children of Israel. He's, he's reiterating that. Uh, even sinners are making movies about uh, God's bringing the children of Israel up, dividing the Red Sea, bringing forth the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night, uh, bringing water out of the rock, uh, bringing the manna from heaven. Never a people in the history of the world have ever been dealt with like Israel as the people of God. And so this brings us understanding about God's provision for those he calls his people. Psalm 17, 7 through 9. 